0: What's up, everybody? You're listening to Vanished in the Valley, and I am your host, Athena. Today, we are going to kind of delve into a few different topics going on. I don't know if everyone's noticed, but there's been a whole hell of a lot of child sex trafficking rings busted, and a whole bunch of children recovered from these rings, and a lot of people are wondering, like, why all of a sudden? Like, where did this all come from? So, I delved in and tried to get some answers for everybody. A little later on, we are going to talk about a guy from Alaska named Jason. Uh, let me actually get his full name, because uh, that's not really going to do much. Hey, Jason. So, Jason Vokovic. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. He, uh, he's actually serving some time in prison right now, and I'm going to tell you exactly what his offenses were and what we can do to help him get out of prison. And then maybe a little later, I'm going to start fucking screaming about Fort Hood again because they can't seem to go a week without fucking killing a soldier. Get ready for this shit. So, like I was saying just a second ago, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there have been all kinds of busts lately in the human trafficking situation. Um, I was looking it up, and it was actually a lot more than I actually thought it was to begin with. So, what looks like... Just in one day, 123 missing children were found after a sex trafficking ring bust. And it was actually the U.S. Marshals Service that found all of these victims. So this is just one day I'm talking about. One fucking day. And I'm not, I'm not like seeing much on the others' days. I know there was more children, but I'm going to just kind of focus more on this one day of these raids the marshals did. The whole operation was aimed to locate the missing victims in a county, and the county was Wayne County, Michigan, with the marshals taking on the first operation of its kind in that county. The agencies involved included the Detroit Police Department, the Michigan State Police, and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. So apparently, the U.S. Marshals Service is saying they had been they had been requested to assist on 30 missing child cases in the two weeks prior to the sweep. There was a total of 301 missing children with the cases they are working in just that area. So what they ended up doing is they visited the addresses that were last known associated with these kids. They went to their friends' homes. They went to schools. Just trying to get some intel, and see if they could find any of these kids. So out of the 301 file study, 123 of those children were found safe. So that means there's still work to do. It's like there's always going to be work to do on child sex trafficking because it never stops. Apparently, I guess there was some of these kids were sex trafficked. Some were kidnapped. One teen was found basically roaming the streets and had not eaten for a week. They kind of issued a message to the other children they haven't been able to recover yet. And they're just basically stating, don't think we're ever going to give up on you. We will keep looking for you guys until we find you. So in 2016, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children estimated that one in six endangered runaways reported to them actually were sex trafficking victims. And since 2007, the National Human Trafficking Hotline reported 22,191 cases of sex trafficking. And that's just in the United States, you guys. They, the sex trafficking as a worldwide problem, it's out of control crazy because we get only limited reports from those countries and the United States has, has actually like come up with like a tier categorization of countries. And the top tier, like tier one, are countries that are in line with the laws and regulations the United States sets out to combat sex trafficking, and it goes all the way down to like tier four. And that's like fucked up countries like Somalia and uh, Yemen, basically countries where there's not a great ruling government or a ruling government even in touch with our government. So they actually just released the 2020 report on world sex trafficking so I apparently this reports come out for the last 20 years and 2020 is the 20 year anniversary of this report it's uh, it's called the trafficking in persons report and you can find it on the internet it's a PDF document and it basically just sets out the different things the United States is doing to help other countries, and it has like the Human Trafficking Reporter of the Year, like a tip-off, apparently, something like that. It tells different victim stories, and it gives you an idea of what countries fits into what tier. It's an interesting read if you want to kind of understand the scope of the world's sex trafficking problem. And it's a huge problem. I was looking at some of the world numbers on this, and... It's like in the tens of thousands per year, and what I mean by that is like tens of thousands of people are being convicted of sex trafficking every year. And as far as like getting help to the victims, I know the U.S. is donating a lot of money to these countries to help out, and I know Trump and his administration just secured $35 million to help sex trafficking victims in the United States, and specifically to get them housing. So, I mean, check this out, if you're a sex trafficking victim and, you know, say you go to the police and you get out of that life, well, you've been kind of staying with these sex traffickers, where are you going to live after that? So this just basically is setting up safe houses for the victims of sex trafficking. So I thought that was kind of cool. Another little raid situation from a law enforcement that I wanted to talk about was one in Georgia. And the reason I want to talk about this one, well, I mean, 39 kids were found, which is definitely a huge deal, but I'm seeing a lot of people are kind of mixing up the details. And unfortunately, like on social media and that kind of stupid shit, it's being reported that these 40 kids were all found in like one trailer, basically. And that's definitely not what happened. So let me just kind of give you the lowdown on what the whole situation was. The raid was called Operation Not Forgotten. It involved state, federal agents and extended across 20 counties and into Metro Atlanta. Multiple law agencies combed through North and Middle Georgia for weeks in an attempt to safely recover the kidnapped children. Authorities found 26 endangered children and an additional 13 missing children. The U.S. Marshals Service Director Donald Washington said that the authorities are afraid the children were already or potentially victims of sex trafficking. These missing children were considered to be some of the most at risk and challenging recovery cases in the area, based upon indications of high risk factors such as victimization of child sex trafficking, child exploitation, sexual abuse, physical abuse and medical or mental health conditions. Other children were located at the request of law enforcement to ensure their well-being. Apparently nine suspects were arrested and they are in custody right now with the state prosecutors focus on the cases and the medical and social workers concentrate on aiding the children. One missing child is worth thousands, in my mind, of fugitives that we let out every single day. That's what uh, the director of the marshals said. So apparently other U.S. cities are pursuing similar operations, although I haven't really read about any of the other ones being completed at this point, just the one in Georgia. The governor in Georgia, Brian P. Kemp, he had this to say. He says, I applaud the work of law enforcement in Operation Not Forgotten. We'll continue to work around the clock to bring an end to human trafficking and ensure perpetrators of this evil industry know they have no place in our state. like, can they come fucking do this in California, please? Because it is really needed. And especially with this new law. I don't know. Let's talk about this law California just passed. I'm going to try to explain, uh why people thought it was a good idea to pass it and you guys can make up your own mind but get ready for this shit. So the law is called SB 145 and it's being called the pro pedophilia law but let me just break down what this law actually is. So under SB 145 what it would do is give judges expanded discretion to determine whether an adult must register as a sex offender. SB 145 would expand the law to include voluntary oral and anal sex within the same age parameters. So as it stands right now, basically judges in these cases only have options with vaginal sex. They can, at that point, say, you know, somebody is 19 and they have sex with a 17-year-old. The judge at that point, if it's vaginal sex, could say, sure, you don't have to go on the sex offender registry. But say like it's a 19-year-old male having sex with a 17-year-old male. The judge has no leeway or had no leeway in those cases. And the person who was convicted, you know, the 19-year-old, would have to go on the state's sexual assault or sex predator list. So everyone's saying like, oh, it's decriminalizing rape of minors. That's not exactly what it is. So get your fucking panties out your crotch, wash the sand out the vagina. That's not what's going on here. I fucking hate when you see this shit all over fucking social media and shit where people are getting all up in arms and getting all fucking crazy over shit that's not even true. Because there's enough true shit going on out there You should be getting up in arms about that. Not this fucking bill that's now giving judges discretion to not put certain people on sex offender registries for the rest of their life. Do you really think it's fair to put a 19 year old on a sex offender registry because they had anal sex with a 17 year old? Well, I don't fucking think that's fair. They need to treat all sex equal under the law. It's not, you know, these people's fault that we got fucking closeted homos that want to fucking persecute homosexuals just because they're all jealous because they're in the closet and can't come out and have butt sex themselves. No, that's not the way it works. So stop freaking out about it, people. It's not fucking pro-pedophilia at all. I would be the first to call it out if it was, and that's not what happened here. So you got to stop fucking going to Facebook for all your news. Damn, people. I really hope it's not my listeners that see this shit and just fucking run with it and don't bother to do the least bit of fucking looking into this shit. Come on, people. Fucking killing me. It's just as bad as, like, the media. Like, they're basically saying QAnon, which I'm not QAnon, motherfuckers. Don't cancel me. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, it's just as bad as the mainstream media saying that QAnon has hijacked Save the Children movement. I mean, are you serious? Hijacked it? What the fuck does that even mean? It's these people are out protesting, saying that, you know, children are being sex trafficked every day, and they don't want it happening. But the mainstream media has jumped on it with their lies. They're basically saying that the FBI has come out and called QAnon, like, a terrorist organization, which is a total fucking lie. I actually went to the FBI website, and nowhere did they rate that or state that. So seriously, don't don't pay attention to what the media has to say because they're straight up lying in most cases. They're, you know, double talking in a lot of cases and they just think the American public is fucking stupid. And you know what? I agree with them. A big chunk of the American public is stupid. They just sit there and drool on themselves while watching TV and buy everything that's being fed to them by the politicians, by the mainstream media. You can't fucking do that anymore, you guys. They're lying to you to further their own agenda. Start the whole critical thinking process, fucking practice, do whatever you gotta do. But just don't buy what the mainstream media, social media, or politicians tell you. I mean, how fucking hard is it to literally go on the internet and research a certain topic? It's not like it's fucking 1985 and you have to go to a library. You can do this on your phone, you can do this on your computer. It's not difficult. Just fucking take the effort and do it, lazy motherfuckers. Jesus. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Rant number two. Back to the subject. So anyway, it looks like what's happening is Trump really is throwing millions and millions of dollars at the sex trafficking problem. I know uh, a lot of people will have you believe Trump is the antichrist and I'm not fucking defending Trump. I don't like any politician. Okay, I don't like Trump. I don't like fucking Hillary. I don't like any of them. But, having said that, I think it's great that Trump is throwing all this money at the sex trafficking problem, the missing Native American problem, all of this kind of stuff. You didn't ever really hear about sex trafficking, child trafficking. Nobody wanted to address that in years past. Nobody wants to admit that this fucking border wall that Trump keeps beating his drum about is going to stop sex trafficking and human trafficking. Because these people that used to traffic drugs across the Mexican border realized human trafficking is a lot more profitable. And these sick motherfuckers need to be stopped at every avenue, any fucking alley or tunnelway they appear on. They need to be stopped. And I don't care who it is that's trying to stop it. I'm going to support them 100%. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I think the whole fucking U.S. politics is a big fucking horse and pony show. And anybody that buys into that, you got the fucking blinders on. Wake the fuck up. It's bullshit. But like I've been saying, Trump is throwing money at it and I'm all for it. I think I talked about it hell a days ago back on the Native American episodes where he's actually setting up federal task force to go in and figure out why the Native American populations in the United States have such a high murdered and missing rate compared to non-reservation states so I it'll be cool to see what actually comes of all of this money that's being thrown at it I really hope it's not pissed away and wasted on some bureaucratic bullshit that a lot of other programs do but I mean as you can see the last couple of months there has been a whole bunch of different trafficking rings busted so I think that's what's up I was just looking at the executive order on combating human trafficking and online child exploitation in the United States and basically kind of what it says is human trafficking is a modern form of slavery. Throughout the United States and around the world, human trafficking tears apart communities, fuels criminal activity, and threatens the national security of the United States. It is estimated that millions of individuals are trafficked around the world each year. Did you hear that? millions of individuals are trafficked around the world each year and that's including into and within the United States as the United States continues to lead the fight on human trafficking we must remain relentless in resolving to eradicate it in our cities suburbs rural communities tribal lands and on our transportation networks human trafficking in the United States takes many forms And it can involve the exploitation of both adults and children for labor and sex. So it just kind of goes on to say how, you know, 21st century technology has given traffickers a whole new avenue to traffic children and adults. But basically, the federal government is now committing to preventing human trafficking in the online world and sexual exploitation of children but it's so much easier said than done. You know, they can throw millions and billions of dollars at it, but it's like a supply and demand thing. As long as people are wanting to pay for sex, then there's gonna be a market for trafficking. I don't know what all the answers are, but hey, how about legalizing prostitution in states and regulating that shit so you can get people, women, men, whoever, that actually want to be there Get them in there and give them protections so they're not out, you know, on a fucking street corner probably about to meet up with a serial killer who's going to make them into a skin suit. So apparently through the states and the federal governments with all of this money being thrown at it, it looks like 2020 is going to be a kind of a record-breaking year for the amount of people that have been recovered and rescued from sex trafficking. It looks like, well... I'm not exactly sure what the numbers are, but it looks like global-wise, it's going to be a record-breaking year, too. I was actually just checking out this story coming out of Australia. It's fucking disgusting. Check this out. Basically, it was 14 boys rescued from the most horrific child exploitation ring in Australia. The age ranges of these kids, four years old to seven years old. I'm like are you fucking serious four to seven you nasty motherfuckers Ugh. so the australian police did raids and arrested people in three different states throughout australia the police are saying they arrested a 21 year old and a 26 year old that had abused i guess eight boys starting in 2018 they also made child exploitation films like raping these poor children And they traded it on the dark web because they're pieces of shit. I really hope Australian prison is like American prisons and I hope they get their due karma when their nasty asses get there. But apparently Australia found out about it from us, the United States. We gave them a tip and they were able to follow that tip and arrest these two assholes and like I said earlier, rescue 14 boys, eight of which, they found different images and videos of them being abused. And apparently these kids' parents had no fucking idea. I'm sure, you know, the younger ones, they might not actually have the words to explain what was going on. But the older ones, they had been threatened and they were terrified to tell tell the parents about it. It's like, damn, dude, when is this shit? I don't, you know, honestly, I don't think it's ever going to stop because humans are disgusting. And it seems like if you look back in history, There's always been this fascination with children, uh, whether it be from the Greeks and their weird little butt buddies with boys, uh, all the way up until now. And it's just recently that it's become taboo within the last couple hundred of years. Has there actually been laws implemented to protect children? Now, I'm just wondering, like 2,000 years ago, during this whole Greek situation, Did it not psychologically affect those children or was it because society didn't view it as a taboo or something bad that they never thought of it as bad so it never adversely affected these children? I guess we'll never really know because I highly doubt there's any documents uh, surrounding it because it wasn't considered abuse. But that's something to fucking think about. A little earlier I was telling you about the global sex trafficking problem and the numbers associated with it and it looks like 2019 there was 118,932 victims identified with 9548 convictions so I don't know what happened in 2019 but that number jumped from 85,000 back in 2018 I don't know if they have better laws now or I guess maybe more people are aware of the huge problem about sex trafficking, but it seems like everywhere the numbers just keep going higher and higher. I, I don't even know if in certain countries that it even is against the law to either have sex with children or traffic children. And I was looking at, okay, it was, somebody actually sent me this story. And it has to do with our Navy, I guess. uh, (laughs) The Navy was getting jealous because I haven't gone off on them for a while. Actually, ever. I don't think I've even checked into the Navy. But check this out. Three U.S. senators are calling on Navy Secretary Kenneth Brainwaite to provide answers regarding what the sea service is doing about human trafficking involving U.S. sailors stationed on the Middle Eastern island nation of Behran. Senator Richard Blumenthal, Senator Kirsten Gildebrand, and Senator Tammy Baldwin sent a letter to Braithwaite on Tuesday requesting immediate information on steps you have taken to remedy the deplorable circumstances in Bahrain, combat the broader culture that allowed these crimes to flourish, and ensure that justice is delivered to the trafficking survivors and their family members. So... All of this, the senators and uh, everybody kind of looking at the Navy about this, this is all coming from a story published last month by Military Times that revealed for the first time a web of investigations into sailors trafficking Thai women into working as prostitutes on the island. Basically, check this out, guys. They found a shadowy subculture where sailors sought to traffic and pimp women Often out of their taxpayer-funded apartments, there was allegations of sexual assault against sailors, shaking down other shipmates on behalf of Bahrain prostitutes. There was all kinds of disgusting shit involved in this. The senators are saying they want, they have deep concern regarding U.S. Navy sailors' involvement in the human trafficking. The three senators wrote a letter and it was just published by the military times that's actually where i'm actually getting this information from the navy times but to begin with it started with the military times um navy officials told military times earlier this year that there had been no new cases involving sailor trafficking or solicitation in bayron since 2018 but that specifically said Baran, Bahrain, whatever it's called. They didn't mention anywhere else. So just check the news. Maybe in a few days, we might see some fucking trafficking coming out of some other areas with the Navy. What, what the lawmakers are kind of concerned about is the crimes are not confined just to this location. The senators pointed to Military Times reporting, which showed that the sailors trafficked the women and co-mingled on the island. And it's a shadowy subculture that has been left unaddressed for years. Even the perception the Navy personnel could be involved in trafficking is damaging to the local and global perception of the U.S. forces. Beyond the despicable crime the sailors were charged with, the underlying culture, often referred to as a girl in every port, and that's in quotes. I'm like, you fucking serious, you unoriginal assholes. That is allowed prostitution in the U.S. Navy ports, and it's shameful. It's more than fucking shameful. It's disgusting, and it's criminal. But we'll just, uh, I'm not going to freak out too bad until I go and actually check into any charges and convictions. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see who is actually being held responsible. I'm already fucking leaning towards probably really low-ranking sailors and, uh, these officers are probably going to get a pass as per usual, but it's evident that the Navy's zero-tolerance policy against trafficking has not been effectively communicated to every echelon of the commanders. So it's like if the commanders don't care about sex trafficking, how can you expect the ranks under them to care about it? There are several cases against sailors accused of such crimes in Bahrain. Ultimately, it all collapsed when victimized women at the center of these cases didn't want to testify. They're afraid. So a lot of the cases just, they stopped right there because what can you do? Regardless of the decision to participate in the proceedings, it is incumbent on the Navy to ensure that survivors are connected with appropriate victim services and that all sailors who participated are subject to appropriate punishment. And all this punishment is yet to be seen. I don't know if uh, we get more information on, you know, future episodes. I'll let you guys know about that. But it's like, dude, this was in 2018. These fucking cases, what, are they just, that's it? They've collapsed? Nothing, no one's going to be held responsible? Bullshit. But yeah, I guess, uh, so a little bit earlier, I was telling you about a guy named Jason. We are going to get to his story right now. So in 2016, Jason Vokovic carried a notebook with a list of names, including Charles Albee, Andreas Barbosa, and Wesley Demarest. Over five days, he entered the homes of the three men uninvited and hit them, sometimes with his fists. And in the case of Demarest, he had a hammer and it knocked him unconscious. Oh, poor little pedophile got knocked unconscious. How sad. He also stole from them, taking items including a truck, a laptop. This is according to a bell memorandum signed by Assistant District Attorney Patrick McKay. In an interview last year, Demaris said Volkovic called himself the avenging angel for children hurt by abusers. So Volkovic told police that he targeted his victims based upon their listings on the Alaska Sex Offender Registry. The online registry includes their home address, work address, and their convictions. Fokovic carried out his first attack the day after he got out of jail. He said he had heard about the three men through the grapevine, but did not know them personally. He said he felt like he wanted to and had to confront them. This is a quote from him. I thought back to my experience as a child and felt the overwhelming desire to act, he wrote in his November letter. I took matters into my own hands and assaulted three pedophiles. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play, basically it's a transcript of what Jason told the judge at his sentencing hearing. It's pretty moving. It's kind of long, but I think you guys should hear it the
1: court the day I got sentenced. This is verbatim, this is the transcript of what I said to him. Your Honor, I would first like to apologize to this court for my choice to break the law and for taking matters into my own hands. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have behaved like this. I'm now also going to apologize to Mr. D for the injuries that I caused him. It was never my intention for anyone to be seriously hurt. He wasn't even aware of it, but in my mind, I was a kid again, standing there facing Larry Fulton. That's the person that molested me. You look just like him. I went instantly into panic mode and things went completely out of control, so I'm sorry I shouldn't have assaulted you. To the best of my understanding, I'll relate what contributed to my flawed perspective and the mindset that led to my actions. There are many things that I've never spoken about, things that I saw as a child, and things that were done to me and the experiences that I did not want to burden other people with. Memories that I have constantly tried to prevent from overwhelming my brain and nervous system, but that I can still, to this very day, feel crawling beneath my skin. The movies that my mind still privately screens on the inside of my eyelids. These are things that I could never put into words. I didn't consciously recognize that I was a tormented individual or that I had placed myself on the pathway to where someone would be seriously hurt until it was too late. It was just that I had so much pain built up that I didn't know what to do with it all. I felt like I had to get rid of some of it. I felt like I had to finally act and try to make things right or else I would burst. At the time, I didn't want to acknowledge that I had any sort of mental health disorder. I thought counseling or therapy meant that I was weak and I always wanted to be strong. My attorney has here letters from all over the country, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, and more. Letters from people just like me, lives who were broken or ruined as kids, and now they're all in jail, or if they're fortunate, they're in therapy or counseling as adults. And I thought I was alone in this throughout my whole life. So let me state plainly here that I realized now I had no business assaulting individuals or taking the law into my own hands. I probably should have sought mental health counseling before I exploded. Therapy is not weakness, and I see this now. I will never conduct myself in this manner again, More importantly to anybody that's listening, this type of conduct is never justifiable. I remember being hauled into this same courthouse as a child for an onslaught of condescending questioning related to the man who adopted and then systematically beat and molested my brother and I. And I'm ashamed to say that even though he was convicted, the state sent him right back to our home with no jail time to serve for his abuse. This is also when I received my life sentence and informed the foundations of my inner feelings about the legal system which I've battled with ever since. As a young man, these feelings, combined with years of sexual and physical abuse, reinforced my belief of just how ugly, how poor, and what a scrap of muddied cloth my life really was. As the years passed, the feelings dampened, but it never disappeared, and it continues to live on me like a thick scum of mold. It has infected all of my attempts at success. And so now here I sit again in this exact courthouse facing the penalty for lashing out at people just like the man who molested me. The cycle of abuse could not be more clearly demonstrated. I was raised here in Alaska and after those years I felt like the trash that blows in the wind around the ankles of normal people as they live their lives. I've been condemned to feel constant anxiety and watchfulness around everyone because obviously, to me, nobody can be trusted. Not the church, certainly not the law. This type of vigilance is exhausting, but eventually it just became another part of my life. Now it's like a habit, just like good posture. Silence also became a habit since I had been taught in the cruelest possible way that expressing the hurt just leads to more suffering. No one to this very day except for my own brother very recently has ever told me that I had a right to be angry and that I shouldn't have to be ashamed and hide it. So I just blamed myself again and again, and I buried my anger and pain. A long time ago, I made a silent promise to myself that I would never speak to anyone about what happened to me. So, of course, therapy or counseling all through the years was never an option for me until recently. This is when the accumulation of my poor life choices and conduct spoke so loudly of something broken inside me that I had to say something. All of this led to a doctor who diagnosed me with PTSD after just barely scratching the surface of a very deep set of emotional traumas. At the time, I was unable to continue with any therapy because I was unconsciously sabotaging the process and I broke a rule and I ended up back in jail. And unfortunately, jails and prisons in Alaska do not offer options to address mental health issues. They simply reinforce the separation from society that was already ingrained in me So, Your Honor, I ask you, please, consider all of the aspects of this case and issue an alternate form of sentencing that can restore me to humanity. Today, I take full responsibility for my actions, and I do not seek to place the blame on anybody else. I should have done something, anything, other than acting out in this manner. So, Your Honor, again, I ask you, please, hand down a sentence that focuses less on shame, stigma, and isolation, and more on rehabilitation restoration, and compassion, and one that allows for therapy and healing. Take the time to craft a judgment that's appropriate to this particular set of circumstances, not only in its logic, but in its understanding and expression. An act of merciful justice from this court would speak loudly to a heart that was long ago judged to be worthless. Thank you, Your Honor. Anyway, so that was my statement to the court before they came back with a Twenty-three years, sentence, three times longer than the three pedophiles served
0: back to back to back. That was a phone call Jason made to his sister and like you just heard, he got twenty-three years for these assaults. And the pedophiles that he attacked got a fraction of that sentence. Why is it time and time again, pedophiles get off with either like a slap on the wrist probation or maybe a year in prison, just some bullshit When the victims are then sentenced to a life of just inner turmoil. And if that inner turmoil is not dealt with, they're going to end up in prisons. They're going to end up addicted to drugs and they're probably going to end up dead. When is it going to be or what is it going to take for our justice system and the American public to give a fuck about children and the abuse that's Put upon them by adults. So, what we can do for Jason. So, I'm not saying go fucking get a hammer and attack pedophiles. And I'm only saying that because I have to. Because I don't want some dumb motherfucker to go actually do that. But, (laughs) don't go attack pedophiles with hammers. I know it's fucking tempting. I would love to do it too. But, in the long run, you are just going to have more problems. And it's really not going to solve any problems because... You know, we got to change it with the justice system since it's illegal to execute pedophiles on site. But what we can do for Jason is go to change.org and type in Jason Vukovic. It's V-U-K-O-V-I-C-H and sign the petition. There's 1,725 people that have signed so far and they're trying to get to 2,500 And what they say on there is, please sign this petition to request that the Alaska State and or Federal Supreme Court, Alaska State Parole Board, or Governor Dunleave, grant Jason Vokovic discretionary parole or release him immediately. He is the Alaskan Avenger who is serving 23 years in prison. This is unfair and this is injustice. People like Vokovic should not be punished and forced to spend decades in jail. Vokovic is a victim himself and was sexually and physically abused between the ages of 3 to 16 years old. The man who sexually abused him only served 3 years of probation and was never behind bars. Please set Jason Vokovic free. He has already endured such pain, suffering, and heartache at such a young age. This man and protector deserves another free chance. And then hashtag free Jason Vokovic. So, I signed. Go there, guys. It's, uh, like I said, change.org. Free Jason Vokovic. Um, I can give you an address now. Get your fucking pens ready. If you want to, like, write him a letter in jail or, sorry, prison, um, this is his info. Jason Vokovic, OB pound 264576 Spring Creek Correctional Center 3600. Let me just fucking spell this part. B-E-T-T-E, the next word, C-A-T-O, drive. And that's in Seward, S-E-W-A-R-D, Alaska, 99664. And their rules with, you know, inmates receiving letters, it has to be in black ink, no colored paper. And most importantly, make sure you have a return address. They like read everything there. And if there's no return address, he won't even get the mail. So make sure you do that. Let's show Jason a little bit of support because, you know, he he might not have done the exact right thing, but, I mean, I get it. He had years of trauma that wasn't dealt with and he just made one mistake and that cost him 23 years of his life. It's like, come on, really? So, yeah, show him some love, guys. I also wanted to address fucking Fort Are you fucking serious? We have another soldier that died. That's the 28th at this fucking base this year. So here we go. Let's fucking dig into this. And the soldier that died, he is from the Navajo Nation and his name is Private Carlton L. Chi. He was 25 years old. He just died last Wednesday, you guys. And that's five days after he was hospitalized after collapsing during physical training. I'm just like, really? (sighs) Apparently, he collapsed on August 28th, and he was transported to the Carl R. Darnell Medical Center. That's actually the same medical center that uh, Elder Fernandez was seen at right before he committed suicide. So the day he collapsed, it was also his 25th birthday. And uh, like I just said, he is the 28th soldier to die this year. I'm like, come the fuck on. How many times do I have to talk about you, Fort Hood? Jesus. Anyways, there is a little bit of good now. So apparently the commanding general that was in command of Fort Hood, he has been sacked. I hope to fucking God he loses some pension too because fuck that guy. There is a new general in and I'm really hoping with him coming in, Fort Hood is going to get cleaned the fuck up. Because, how many times do I have to come on this fucking podcast and bitch to high hell about soldiers being abused, missing, murdered, raped, sexually abused, all of that? I'm sick of it, Fort Hood. The whole country is sick of it. How many times do I say, get your shit together? Jesus. Okay, sorry. That's the last of my rant. <laughs> um, before I get out of here, I just have to say, what's up, South Africa? You people in Johannesburg, you guys are downloading all the time. You guys are in like second place right now, coming out of nowhere to knock the UK out of my second place spot. So I appreciate the downloads. Keep it up. Um, I'd actually like to come to your country. I would love to come there. You guys are like number three on my list of places I want to visit. It looks fucking amazing and beautiful. I also want to say, what's up, Sacramento? Actually, I think it's mostly you, Garrett, but thank you. You guys are in the number one spot as of right now. Salinas and Boise and Camas and Los Angeles and Anaheim. You guys are taking up my first six spots. So that's what's up. I appreciate you guys listening. If you guys have any information on the cases we talked about, go to my Instagram or the Facebook, or you can contact me at vanishedinthevalley@gmail.com. At Uh, let me know what's going on. Let me know if you guys have any cases, because this shit is just not ending, and I'm going to scream from the fucking rooftops until change happens. But, until that happens, in the meantime, be aware, and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, Ciao.
1: Are you wrong?